Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, miracles do happen. Somehow, some way, I made it in. Welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. The obvious part is it's homecoming weekend in Missoula. There's a ton of stuff going on. There's a cat grizz, grizz cat, whatever you want to call it. Rivalry volleyball match at the University of Montana tonight, 6 p.m. That one uh, tips off. If you've never watched college volleyball, I would highly suggest this. And it's not just a rivalry game. Both Montana and Montana State have risen in level as programs. They're both very good and competitive in the big sky. This is a high level of athleticism. So if you want something fun to do tonight, 6 p.m. Dahlberg Arena. Homecoming tomorrow for the football team. Certainly, Idaho State in town, 2 p.m. kickoff. That makes Missoula super busy. Also, as a radio uh, personality, I got to tell you, there's a big wreck right between... I guess it's like on Reserve Street South between like Rosars and uh, Mount, that intersection, like by C.S. Porter Middle School. Don't go there. They're rerouting it. It's getting weird. Uh, don't go on that part of the town. <laughs> I was screaming in here. I, I left to come here. I don't even know. 43 minutes ago, I was texting these guys. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it in. I ran in here about 30 seconds before showtime, so uh, here we are. It's also a big weekend because Grizz Hockey returns to Missoula 7.30 tomorrow night at the Glacier Ice Rink. So sports, you like sports? We got plenty of sports for you here on Nuanas Now, and there's plenty of sports for you in the city of Missoula and around the state of Montana as well. We didn't even mention there's a crosstown football game tonight down there at Missoula County Public Stadium, Missoula Big Sky versus Missoula Hellgate. So if you like sports, you want to watch some sports, you can go to Cacris Volleyball. You can go to Crosstown Football tonight. Tomorrow you can go do a little Idaho State up Montana football, and then boom, a little Grizz hockey as well. If you're a sports fan, what a great weekend it is for sports around uh, the city of Missoula. And, of course, as always, a great sports weekend around the great state of Montana. We're going to start it off with Rajim Seabrook. Usually he can kick it with us in studio, but he's a coach over there at Missoula Sentinel, and they are in the Mining City, so they are playing Butte. That's one of the double-A games of the week. We'll get into that here in a little while as well, but Rajim will join us in segment one and segment three. Sandwiched in between, one of our favorite gals to talk to, Allison Lawrence. She's, she's such a intellectual and sort of 
different style of thinker. I always enjoy when I go talk to Coach Lawrence. So much of sports is about competitiveness and and fuel, and she certainly has all that. She has she has the competitive nature. She has the drive, but she's also such an intellectual. I mean, this gal's getting her PhD right now while coaching a Division One sport. Who does that? I've never actually even heard of that. So she'll join us uh, here to preview the uh, Cacarys volleyball match. Hour number two, whole bunch of laughs, a whole bunch of fun with Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports. Plus, we'll hear from Dane Oliver of Missoula Sentinel to preview that Butte Sentinel game. And we'll hear from Matt Johnson of Missoula Big Sky to preview the uh, Big Sky Hellgate game. And uh, then whatever else we can fill in the blanks with. I want to get Andrew's take on Damian Lillard to Milwaukee. Well, maybe you'll get Jeff Safford on the mic about not only Chris Hockey tomorrow, but also uh, the, uh, the end of the... Major League Baseball season. It's been coming down the pipe and uh, a lot of different champagnes being popped and a lot of different divisions and wild card spots either being clinched or close to being clinched. So maybe we'll get an update on that as well. Just depends on how much time that we got. But appreciate you for being here. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you want to stream the show, you always can. 1029ESPN.com. If you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. The time warp continues. We're kicking it on a Thursday, but you're listening to it on a Friday. Maybe that's just what we should call when you're in studio, right? Jim Seabrook kicking it with me, Coulter Duanez. I guess the only thing that's time warpy about is that we do it a day early. It could be time warp Thursdays to flash forward Fridays. <laughs> there you go. Until we, until we, you know, this beautiful thing called Christmas, I mean football season, <laughs> is 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 over. We're going to get to plenty of uh, NFL talk, plenty of uh, Grizz and Big Sky talk, plenty of high school football talk, but we start with basketball. Goodness gracious, I wish this would have happened in July only because we would have had a lot more time to talk about it. Right now, we got so much stuff to talk about. But Damian Lillard traded finally. I mean, this was finally. Like, usually, the week after the Fourth of July is when all the drama and all the stuff, oh, yeah. maybe all the oh, yeah. the transactions, and everybody's saying, "Well, what if this guy goes here?" It's fun. You know, it's fun to just speculate, and everybody's making their super teams or whatever. Lillard, though, was basically out in Portland uh, several months ago, but nobody could figure out a way to get, put together a trade package. But you heard it might be Miami, it might be Atlanta, it might be L.A., it might be Washington, it might be Philly. might nope. be New York. Nope, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe that they were able to pull this off. So, I mean, what do you think of this trade? I think Giannis probably hasn't slept. He's probably still rolling around on the floor, happy as pie. Um, I think most of the, the hardcore Buck fans on the planet – are almost guaranteed to be jubilant because Giannis will not walk away with a guy like Dame coming to town. I think that it's a great move for both of of, of those amazing basketball players. Um, it also shows you that um, small markets are becoming a bit more attractive to marquee players. I'm so interested to see that element of it. I am too. I'm, I'm interested to see because Dame, um, over the course of his life outside of the game of basketball, has been very tailored in how he presents and represents and who he represents. Sure. And, you know, Portland isn't a large epicenter for, for no. media, small, fashion. Small, small, small. small. NBA. Um, but a big fish just went into a smaller pond right. as far as that. But what a great tandem to market from a small, uh, a, you know, a small town, big, uh, a, a, a big town, small city uh, market. Uh, so I'm really interested in seeing how it happens. What I do like about it being early is the ability to gel. Yeah, the time to learn an offense and a defense or create something totally different because of the pieces that you have. And uh, Milwaukee now becomes the team of the East, um, hands down. Like there's just there's they already were one of the better teams one, in the East. And, uh, yeah. you know, and now they they're absolutely the favorites. Oh, without without a doubt. And I am probably going to go shopping for a old school Dame Dash Portland Trailblazers because they're probably like seventy percent off today. I always, always harp on roster construction because I do think that most NBA followers have a misperception. They think you could just put a bunch of superstar guys together. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it doesn't work because if got if got so many of the best players in the NBA right now are ball dominant players. Ball dominant players playing with each other does nothing for you because if you're ball dominant and you got the ball and the other guy's ball dominant, he doesn't got the ball. He's doing nothing. Mm-hmm. That's why this is a great combo, though, because Giannis can play with and without the ball. Dame can play with and without the ball. Exactly. They complement each other. The biggest knock on Dame from a skill perspective is that he's an only an okay if below average defensive player. 
he's one of the great offensive players of his of of his generation, without a question. And so, I mean, that, it's going to be an interesting experiment from that standpoint because the Bucks unload Drew Holiday, who I think is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Agreed. Drew Holiday is is sort of the opposite of uh, Damian Lillard. He's a very unflashy but very solid offensive player, but he's a phenomenal defensive player. He's one of the best defensive guards in the league. Absolutely. So you're trading offense for defense. We'll see if the firepower can help him. But here's why I think it's going to be a net absolutely win. I mean, first of all, Damian Lillard is a Hall of Famer. So if you trade for a Hall of Famer, it's a net win no matter what. But Mm -hmm. I think that Dame get you 30, even if he's giving up more than Drew Holiday on the other end, it doesn't matter because Giannis can help him more. Drew, he he needs more help than Drew Holiday, which makes Giannis even more impactful defensively. Oh, without I, I love that your your brain never ceases to amaze me. I love it. What I like about this as well is defensively on the other side when the Bucks have the ball. Yeah, you can't you can't double down on Giannis anymore right. with a guy like Dame roaming like or or vice versa you can't double Dame because Giannis is like you can't let that large human being roam anywhere at any given time so they present a lot of matchup problems on 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 both ends um I like what, I like the fact that you went back to Drew Holiday. They they do give up a lot defensively, and when you look at the uh, you know the one two and some of the you know the the almost point forwards of the of the Eastern Conference um Milwaukee's going to feel that sting. It's inevitable. However, the offensive fireworks that are about to come into fruition for uh, the Milwaukee Bucks is going to be ridiculous, and I'm looking forward to watching a lot of those games. Rajiv Seabrook in studio with what us up? here on Nuana's Doubt. This is cool. I haven't even really told you about this. You might have remembered, maybe not, when we were at our college game day last time we were doing it. By the way, we'll be doing college game day. 48 uh, hours from now. Uh, on Saturday morning. So we'll be coming to you actually live from... Uh, noon until 1. So a little bit different formula. We're shortening it up a little bit. Just making it a one-hour instead of a 90-minute deal. Part of that's so that we're going to be hanging out down there for a little while, and we want to be able to talk to all you guys. A lot of times you guys come by and talk to us, and we can say, hey, but that's about it because we're trying to do live radio. This way we're going to have a little bit more time to hang out and talk. But either way, we'll be down there from about 11 until 1. Broadcasting from noon till one, so come down to the Chamber of Commerce parking lot and say hello. But we met we met a lot of people. We're always in, introducing each other to a lot of people. But one of our uh, buddies and a good supporter of this show, Pete Hamill, he runs Vertical Rays. He and his mm. gal stopped by. We met him just in passing. But Pete used to live in uh, Lahaina, Maui. Maui, that's yeah. where he got Vertical Rays off the ground. So he's very connected to the high schools there. Well, Lahaina Luna High School, which is the the main high school. That there just sounds cool. Lahaina, I want right? to go to high school there. That just sounds awesome. Well, they haven't had any football games yet because of the devastating fires that have been exactly. There. They play. Exactly. They play tonight, Friday night, as you guys listen to this. So uh, a bunch of us from around Montana, a bunch of us from around everywhere, we put together uh, a little deal for them, donated some money to them, and uh, gave, we, we made a video for them, you know, saying, hey, good job, persevering through all this, good luck, whatever, uh, you know, on behalf of ESPN Radio, on behalf of whatever, people in Missoula, whatever. But, Very cool. Uh, the Lahaina Luna coach just texted Pete, and he said, aloha, Pete, great to hear from you. I just got home from practice and saw your text in the videos. It's not enough words to express our sincerest gratitudes for all support, generosity, thoughts, and prayers we've been receiving. I'll be posting this for our whole team to view. Uh, the video confirms the Aloha spirit is alive and well. Mu'alahaina um, Luna. So pretty cool. Love that it. is, hey, that's when love hits you, you feel no pain, that's right? right? Yeah. Like right. that's, I can almost tear up because of that. Right? Like I, I, I'm just feeling the energy from that. Like totally. Aside from sports, culture, right, real estate, laws, we need more love in this world. That's right. More unconditional love. Like support right. each other, love each other, close your eyes and listen to each other. Don't let our differences keep us divided. Like that's that's love, man. Nice job. Well, it says you and I always talk about, and that's why we always talk about the the overlay between culture and sports on this show is that. I don't know why this has happened in America, but so much of what sports has become has become so tribalized. Us versus them, me versus you. I need bragging rights. My team needs to be better than your team. I hate you if you're part of the other team. That's so silly to me. Because we live in a bipolarized <laughs> nation, man. Right, no, we for love sure. We love polarity for the sake of agitation, sure. not necessarily for change. For sure. But you know, people always ask me, like, who do you root for? I say, I root for everybody. I root for the good stories. You know, like I was at the Big Sky Sentinel game the other night. Great game. Sentinel won. We won. Great effort by the yes, Spartans. Sir. 
my Sentinel buddies were like, oh, man, sorry about your loss because I'm a Big Sky alum. Man, I love Big Sky. I love Sentinel because I love it all. There's just kids competing in sports. I was just so proud that the kids played a hard-fought, clean game that was competitive down to the end. Yes. There wasn't any serious injuries. Nope. Everybody can be proud with their head held high. I mean, Big Sky made a mistake at the end where they threw the pick and then Sentinel. But that's just sports, man. That's yeah. a kid stepping up yep. and making a play and then that's Sentinel slamming the door on them. And that's what competition's all about. But that's why we talk about this stuff around here because we hope and want it to be all about this kind of stuff. Love. Like, this is what brings us together. I've never been to Lahaina, Hawaii, you know. I've, never, I've only been to Hawaii one time my whole life. But that's what unites us is our mm. common love of wanting kids to have experiences yes. that promote their lives moving forward. So I just I hope that we can somehow get to the point like it's it's totally okay to be a big fan of something. But that also doesn't mean you need to or have the right to hate on other things. Like there's sports hate or whatever. That's funny. And we Josh about it. We Jones about it. Like you, you quote unquote don't like the Eagles or the Cowboys. I don't. I hate the Cowboys too. I don't actually hate them. I don't like, actually I, hate I, them. I, I, I just I criticize Dak Prescott all the time. I don't think he's that good. I also think Dak Prescott's the absolute man to go through what Dak Prescott's gone through. It's amazing. With his brother committing suicide and his ankle getting turned back around and him having like this, he's in the depths of depression. And then he comes back and is a functional human and a great person and like a leader of an organization. That's what it's all about. So I guess my PSA for the day is get the hate out of the sports, man. It's cool to love something and also respect all the rest of it. Yeah, and the thing is, you have to love your opponent because if not, right. there's no game. Like Absolutely. you have to. I hear you. I love you. Let's uh, let's, as my grandfather would say, let's segue or segue into the next segment. Okay, let's go. A couple other uh, bullet points from around ping, the wide ping, world ping. of sports before we get into uh, some NFL stuff. This is mind blowing. Uh, first of all, uh, my fiance is obsessed with baseball, so I've been watching way more baseball. And when you actually watch it on daily, I love the fact that you just said my fiance. I know, right? Off the market, ladies, back <laughs> up. <laughs> so, uh, her favorite team is the Braves. So I've been following the Braves quite a bit. Okay. I mean, it's a fun team to like get into if you have no rooting interest in anything because because you the love best. everything. Well, they're the best team in baseball. So no, they're I mean, amazing. They're sweet. They're hot. Well, yesterday, Ronald Acuna stole his seventieth base, meaning he's forty seventy. You remember uh, back in the day when Barry Bonds and Jose Canseco were the first 40-40 guys ever. And this, like, blew people's minds. Even then, that was happening in the late 80s, early 90s. Since then, only one other dude has even gone 40-40. That's Alex Rodriguez. Yes. 40-70 is, like, Ridiculous. That's like my comprehension. That's like mixing, like, Ken Griffey Jr. and Ricky Henderson into one body. <laughs> totally. Like, statistically speaking. Like, that's just ridiculous. It's unbelievable. 70 70. 70. Some guys don't even get on base 70 times in a year. That's <laughs> so true. And he's stealing 70 of them. It's amazing. Come on, son. That's some, that's that's ridiculous. Uh, how about the beatdown that Colorado took last week? It was inevitable. It was inevitable, It was right? inevitable. So where do you stand on this? Because I do think that the, the, the bravado, the way that Deion Sanders is, I think it's – well, I don't think. I know it's polarizing – but a lot of people love it. I, I'm included in that. I, I love it. But I, I, I wonder the sustainability of it. And I'm not trying to say that losing at Autzen Stadium to a top 10 ranked Oregon team means that the the bravado blew up in their face. But I, I just wonder, like, it, it's a test. When, when, you, when, it, when, you, when you act and, and talk like Colorado has the first month of the season, mm-hmm. you win your first three games, mm-hmm. then you go get whipped mm-hmm. in your fourth game. To maintain it is going to be a challenge for them. I think they can do it because I think he's the coach that can. I just, uh, I guess, how do you balance the the uh, the way that they're trying to operate with also having humility? I think that the swagger is going to be there regardless of what your record is, wins, losses, because it's Deion Sanders. Yeah, Deion Sanders to me is this generation's Wade Phillips. Right, mm. Wade Phillips had a lot of bravado, a lot of swagger, wore the big hat and the big belt buckle, and liked to eat big steaks and talk about things and smash you in the mouth every Sunday. Bum Phillips or Bum Phillips, sorry, right. Wade Phillips, Wade's is his brother dad. Yeah, or his brother. Sorry, yeah, yeah. same family tree. Well, I'm maybe the- it is his dad. Are you- You're thinking of Bum Phillips though, with the buck belt buckle, yeah, big hat, absolutely running shoot offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, yeah. and just kind of galvanized. Coaching like yeah. he wasn't this conservative totally. Tom Landry, uh, you know. Later versions like the Dan Reeves. I'm going to wear the tweed jacket and 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 put the you know the suit tie on. 
I think the swagger remains just because of who Dion is, just like it, it existed in Wade or, you know, Bum Phillips or possibly both. Um, and I think that it's good for Colorado. I think it's good for football. What's not going to be sustainable is having that swagger, that borderline sometimes on conceit without winning. And I think that you have to you have to have the style and the substance. You have to have the 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 going back to polarity. You you, you got to have something to substantiate right. that. Um, I think what happened last week was possibly the best thing that could have happened to that program. You're not as good as you think in yep. your own conference, which means it's time to go back to the drawing board. Totally. Um, I think that you now learn how to play con- within the confines of the boundaries that a good coaching staff would put around itself. We can't do what we can think think we can do with Big Brother Oregon, the big dogs of the conference. What can we do? And let's be really good at that. What a unique experience for Oregon, too, because Oregon's been the ones that are too brash, too flashy. Totally. totally. Look at us. We got 10 million different jerseys, 100 million different helmets, and you know, <laughs> we don't block the center anymore because I'm Chip Kelly and I reinvented offense and yada, yada, yada. I didn't work out anywhere else after Oregon. But <laughs> <laughs> Side note. Uh, it, it is just a fascinating dynamic. We'll see how Colorado uh, moves forward. Um, so Colorado's going to have uh, another stiff test. Folsom Field. The home to USC. Oh. At CU. Oh, boy. <laughs> the thing that's crazy is the only team that's better at the Pac-12 than Oregon is USC. USC. I mean, Caleb Williams might be the best player in college football. Actually, I don't think he, I don't think it's a might. I think I he think is he the is. best player in college oh, football. Oh, without hands down. Well, that just says you got one butt cheek kicked. You're about to get the twin matched up this week. <laughs> but you, you never know. Any given Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, or Friday night, it could happen. Well, uh... Speaking of the football world and people that are doing it a little bit different, it's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Mikey McDaniels, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, he says, mm. he says this week, we're always going to do the opposite of whatever everybody else is doing. It's the only way to innovate, break the rules of what previous coaches have taught. If you're only following the rules, the defense will always have the advantage. They're certainly breaking the rules. 70-burger on the Denver Broncos last week. Son. I couldn't believe it. I was happy because I won every fantasy league I had. <laughs> Who do you got? You got Tyreek? No, I had Mostert and Tua. Oh yeah, great. That that's all I needed last week. Um, I'm I'm digging the Dolphins right now. I'm so I'm I'm on the Dolphins bandwagon. I want to buy a flipper T-shirt. Like I already like loud colors. Give me that teal and orange. Like I'm digging it, and I'm digging how they're doing it. Talk about the resurrection of a franchise very quickly because. A couple years ago, we were talking about how these, this team was a team that had up-and-coming talent, mm-hmm. particularly on the defensive, defensive side, side. Of, the line, of the ball. And then they completely screwed up with all of the stuff with Brian, Brian Flores and forcing him out, and then all the saga that went through with all that, and then Brian Flores not getting another shot. Now all of a sudden, Brian Flores is sitting in Minnesota, and they, they're they just terrible. Horrible. Like, what a derailing of a once-promising career. I can't believe that the way that that all went down. But regardless... To go outside the box and hire this, you know, 30-something nerd <laughs> from the Ivy League and and have it work like this, I mean, I don't know. It, I don't know if – I still think the Dolphins have a little ways to go to be truly one of the three best teams in the NFL. But right now, at this day as we talk, they are operating as the best team in the National Football League. Without a doubt, like when you are putting up 70 against professional athletes in the NFL, you're making it look like the Pac-10 is playing against the Patriot League. Come on, man. Or Pac-12. Sorry, I just showed my age. (laughs) At least you didn't say Pac-8. I was I was alive when it was around. All right, why, see, man? Why you bring up old stuff, man? I'm gonna kick you in your shin like an old person would. no, I, 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 I love it. I love what they're doing and, again, how they're doing it, and they don't care. Yeah. And for the first time, like, the Dolphins are unapologetically the Dolphins, which I don't think I've, I would have ever said in my life. Right. Um, but they're doing it, and it's it's fun to watch. Tyreek Hill is continues to separate from the, the, the shadow of the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, sure. Would he be able to do what he's going to do without Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and, you know, and, and, and Andy Reid? Right now, he's proven that, man. Like, he is, he is, what he does and how he does it, he's ridiculous. Um, 
Raheem Mostert is is having a, a, a career resurgence for sure um, down there in this in uh, he's so on the peninsula. For them too. He's perfect for M- them. Mostert is a, is a good player, and when he was in San Francisco, solid. He was feast or famine though, because San Francisco likes to play this such a rough and tumble power style. They did a good job of getting him in space and stuff, but. This is the perfect offense for it. Perfect. I mean, because he's one of the fastest players in the NFL. Hands down. And Tyreek Hill is the fastest, fastest player, player in the NFL. And Jalen Wall is also one of the fastest players in the NFL. You put those three guys together, now you have just absurd speed. You have single coverage at one at, at a dangerous spot everywhere on the field at one given time. Yeah. It's just that you, you can't match up against that. So Mike McDaniels uh, thought about uh, going against the grain, thinking outside the box, breaking all the rules, doing everything that all the other coaches didn't do. Good for him. That sounds like the opposite of what? Bill Belichick. <laughs> That's exactly what Tutel said yesterday, too. We probably said it like this. On uh, more of a local level. Buddy, I ain't trying to get my car keyed. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not going to say it. You can say it for me, the, though. Uh, the Montana Grizzlies, and I know it's, it's easy to pile on right now because Montana is... Uh, they really, really, really struggled last week, and I think I, I think the struggles were real. Were real, and I think that I think somebody that's looking through this thing with rose-colored glasses would want to say that it was just an anomaly, but I think it was also just like the emergence and maybe even like the bursting point of a lot of things that have been bubbling for quite some time. Agreed. The thing that was so striking to me about the Grizz last week is okay, uncharacteristic mistakes like getting a punt blocked and getting multiple trick plays run on you, you could chalk that kind of stuff up to, okay, we're on the road, we're playing in a place that we haven't played in a little while, it's high elevation, whatever. Those are all just excuses, but you could chalk it up to that. But the the, the fundamental erosion of the fight and effort down the stretch, especially by the offensive line and some of the offensive skill guys, was uh, – it's a huge point of concern. It's something Montana absolutely has to fix no matter who their opponent is because I think that one thing that's really plagued this Grizz program for the last couple of years is counting your chickens before they hatch, saying we're going to win all these games and then that'll make these 50-50 games, if they go one way or the other, we're still okay because we'll make the playoffs. I heard that all year last year. We're going to be 6-0 and going into the Idaho game. That's what everybody was saying. There's Grizz people. They're going into the Sac State game. Well, you forgot about Idaho. Then Idaho beats you, and then Sac State beats you, and then Weber State beats you, and all of a sudden you're on a three-game losing streak. I heard from everybody around town this year, well, the game at UC Davis will be tough, the game at Idaho will be tough, when the Cats come to town it'll be tough, but we're going to be able to get all the other ones. You can't think like that. Northern Arizona is one of the worst teams in the league. They just beat the pants off you. So you got to respect your your opponent. And uh, I don't know, I just think that there's a lot that's missing right now for the Grizz. What say you? I, I think... We what say I? I say that we got exposed last week, like like almost like sitting in the sun too long. It was overexposure. I felt that the quality of football that was there was urine low, aka piss poor at best. And 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 I think that I I felt that the Grizz were going to struggle going into this game, looking at their struggles against inferior opponents. Sure. When you were struggling, I mean, they had a hard time putting away Butler. They had a hard, hard time putting away Ferris State. State. I mean, and when you're looking at the schools and the guys on those rosters versus the guys from NAU, Weber, uh, Montana State that are on the, you know, they're one grade and two ticks off of a forty clock from being at a D one school. Yeah, you're gonna get burned, right. and that's exactly what happened. And I think that uh, myself included have rested on the historical laurels of Grizz Nation. To think we're just going to get there because the maroon flies, right? And you know, we we as a as a program, we're not we're not good last week, and I think that the program does have enough resiliency to bounce back and say, "Oh, buckets, man, we we that was not good." But much like I said about Dion in Colorado, that could have been the best thing to happen in an elixir for 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 what is to come down down the road like now you have to refocus you may want to go with one quarterback you may need to do, right. shift defensive alignment you may need to play guys that you didn't look at earlier because they bring a different type of whatever to the team so i know that bobby and and his coaching staff uh probably did some soul searching within um cuz i'm a big advocate that when uh teams win it's the players, but that when teams lose, sometimes it's due to the coaching. Yep. And I felt that last week that some of the coaching um, um, w- was not there for these kids or the support within their coaching to get them back on the track. 
That was striking what Coach Houck said in the post-game press conference. He said, you know, first of all, he said, hey, Chris Ball outcoached us. Uh, you know, he wrote yeah. his his line was Chris Ball should write a uh, a chapter in the head coaching manual for getting his team. It was 0-3. They gave up 50 to Utah Tech last week to bounce back and beat Montana. I can't get the sentiment. He also said NAU threw the kitchen sink at us. But then somebody asked him, well, what were the adjustments that you didn't make? What were the adjustments that were lacking? He said, well, it wasn't about adjustments. It's about execution. It's like, well, it's either one or the other, right? You either got out scheme and they threw the kitchen sink at you and you didn't have any answers and you didn't make the right adjustments or it's poor execution. When you say it's poor execution, you're blaming you're the players. players. Yeah, and for me, that's that's I I don't agree with. I, don't know, I respectfully disagree with that. Again, um, when you are making adjustments, the the body will adjust faster than the mind. And if the mind who are pulling the triggers to get the schemes out there aren't doing the things that are needed, to me that's that's on that's on that's on the on on the brain trust in the room. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Television, and the ESPN MT app. We uh, will be talking all things Grizz football for uh, an hour before the game on Saturday. It's a 2 p.m. kickoff against Idaho State. We'll be broadcasting live here on ESPN Radio from noon until 1. Come hang out with us. We'll be down there at the Chamber of Commerce parking lot adjacent to the Walking Bridge next to the University of Montana campus. We'll have foods. We'll have drinks. We'll have all sorts of fun stuff for you. A lot of swag, too. So come swing by our ESPN College game day coming back on Saturday. Nuanas now with Rajim Seabrook. We'll be back right after this. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. If I could just reunite one band just to see one time, it's got to be Led Zeppelin. You want us now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. You want football tickets for tomorrow? Idaho State at Montana. We got two of them in the north end zone. Go hang out with all the crazies. 406-888-1029. Call right now. 888-1029. Call number three. We got two tickets in the north end zone. Two homecoming Saturday. Kickoff at 2 p.m. From Washington Grizzly Stadium, call right now, 406-888-1029. A big weekend down on the University of Montana campus. All sorts of action going on, including Friday night, rivalry game between Montana and Montana State. It's homecoming this weekend. Idaho State's in town for football, but a little cat grizz, grizz cat, whatever you want to call it, action on Friday at Dahlberg Arena. We're here with Allison Lawrence, the head coach of the University of Montana volleyball team. Coach, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Colter. It's great to be here. Uh, First of all, Let's just talk about your team's performance so far. Last time we had you on, you were leading up to this season opening tournament that was uh, full of powerhouse teams. And I know you guys got a lot out of that, even if you took your lumps a little bit to get some of the best teams in the country. Between then and now, though, how have you seen your team grow? What have you thought of just uh, the performance so far? I think it's been great. The growth has been great. I mean, the whole... The whole idea and how we scheduled and who we've wanted to evolve into this preseason um, is to become a team that's tough and resilient against top teams in our conference. And so I think we've gained a lot of tools in the last four or five weeks um, that, in my mind, are putting us on that path. Are we there yet? Have we arrived? No, I don't think you ever really arrive. Um, But I think we are a much better team than we were at our home tournament um, and we're growing so much because we're playing such great competition. So I'm proud of them. Opened up conference play last week uh, with Weber State in Eastern Washington went to Cheney and got a sweep. So what'd you think of your performance in that one? Um, it was great. And I think, you know, part of our 
we've been inconsistent um, in some matches due to our first contact, the quality of our first contact, passing and defending. And I think at Eastern, there was a little bit of that, but we still remained highly offensive, which I think is going to be kind of the story of us. If we can remain highly offensive, regardless of just kind of how we're controlling the ball on first contact, I think we'll be able to maintain our weapons and be able to put ourselves in position to win. The nuance of that, what goes into that? What what goes into being like offensively prolific in volleyball? Yeah, um, I th- well, <laughs> I think there's a lot of layers to it, but I think when Carly, our setter, is not taking the second ball, we have to score in those moments. Mm-hmm. So it's when, you know, a, a, a libero is setting or another passer in the passing pattern when the pass is really bad and off. Um, we have to be able to score in those moments. And so that's coming from a bump set. That's a higher set where the opponent knows exactly where the ball is going. And it's the hardest scenario to score in for a pin hitter. So we did that really well against Eastern. And that's like the nine one one, you know, scenario. But then I think also just maintaining rhythm with our offense um, when Carly's taking the ball. And so whether she's, I think what makes her so spectacular is when she's along the net, we're so in rhythm. Those are like the best passes. But when she's at 9, 10, 11 feet off the net, we are so in rhythm. And so I think that's what is allowing us to maintain that power through um I don't know. That's like a medium ball mm-hmm. situation. <laughs> so, yeah, which is a lot to do with Carly. This uh, rivalry, of course, has continued to grow and grow and grow across all the sports that involve Montana and Montana State, and uh, that's that's particularly true with volleyball. I mean, you guys have had some record-setting crowds in both Missoula and Bozeman the last couple of years. So preparing for this, what's this week like? I mean, you experience a lot of emotions. You're anxious, you know, for it to be here. I think the, the goal in prep is to be – very present in the the week-long cycle so on monday let's be in monday let's do monday things and so i think that's maybe not hard but just definitely a focus of ours um and then honestly maybe this is not popular i don't know what this how this comes across but it's we should be so happy this week we should be so joyous to go be in this competition i mean whether we're home or away in this this is such an exciting game it brings the state together it um i don't know it's just it's just an environment that is so rare, I think, and increasingly more rare in collegiate athletics with uh, realignments. And, you know, you're seeing some breakups of some long-standing rivalries. And so I think just finding joy in the process of being in this game um, and you're nervous and you're anxious and you're all the things and you want to perform at your best, but ultimately it's like, just enjoy it. This is why we do this. So I think it's keeping us in that place. Rivalry volleyball, volleyball match at 6 p.m. Dahlberg Arena, Montana State at Montana. You can still get tickets for this thing. We're also going to give you some tickets a little later on here in the show as well. So excited about that. Um, you got a little bit of a winning streak in this rivalry as well. So, I mean, does that what does that add to it? I mean, I don't know. I think whatever it adds to it is made up in my mind sure. or anybody's <laughs> mind. I mean, ultimately... All these games are separate from each other. There's there's some momentum in the fact that, you know, yeah, last year felt really good to get both. Um, and I think it can give you an edge in confidence in certain ways. But ultimately, you got to do the work to be prepared the same way every single year. And, um, you know, and both our teams are very good teams. And MSU has a ton of momentum from their preseason and first conference weekend with two sweeps. And so um, this is a new year. This is a new rivalry in that way. And we just got to take it, you know, as just this year. We've talked about sort of the growth of volleyball in Montana, too. And I think that's another thing that people should take from this is this is a display of volleyball in Montana involving several Montanans on both sides. And, I mean, we see this across the board. I mean, there's some great Montanans playing at a variety of different levels. I mean, Taylor Mims is you know on Team USA, and Paige Barch is killing it at Boise. I mean, there's a lot of great volleyball talent coming out of Montana. So this is sort of a, a way to continue to spread that around the state, right? Oh, for sure. I think that's such a big narrative and a big point of emphasis just around this game and the amount of high school athletes that come and watch this and the, mm-hmm. I don't know, just the the exposure to what's happening in Montana um, with volleyball is huge. Um, the sport is growing. Uh, we're getting more athletic. We're getting faster. We're getting all the things and in-state recruiting is, is intense. And so, um, yeah, I think it's so great for the state. I think it's great for volleyball. And I think volleyball's just beginning here in Montana. It's exciting. The rivalry is always going to overshadow all the other things. That's that part sort of bothers me because this is to, it's a conference game, and that's the part that's that makes it a big match, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, what are the keys for your 
for your squad in this match, uh, especially just in concern to staying on a good conference start? Yeah, I mean, I think the conference is so tight from top to bottom, and I, I know us and Montana State are, and all the teams in the top, you know, five or six are going to be really battling for position going into the conference tournament, and um yeah, I think every win is 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 potentially going to be the difference between a second place and a sixth place because I think there will be, like last year, a lot of ties um, and a lot of split weekends. And so regardless of this being MSU, this is a team that is vying for the top three, you know, in that kind of slot mm-hmm. going into the end. And I think we are too. And so every win in that regard matters in that way. So navigating conference, um, this is a huge weekend for that. If you've never been to a college volleyball match you should come check this out if you have you already know what i'm saying it's super exciting it's really fun fast-paced action so it should be a fun night allison lawrence head coach of the grizz volleyball team here on nuanas now thanks for being here thank you so much appreciate coach lawrence for making some time during a busy week it's nuanas now espn radio a solemn note from earlier today i did not know this young man but i got reached out i, I was reached out to by an unbelievable amount of people in the community, people here in-house at Missoula Broadcasting Company, people outside of this building in the various realms of the sports community. And this is just so sad. Uh, Colin Snodgrass, who was um, an assistant coach for the Missoula Sentinel Boys uh, Junior Varsity Soccer Team, he passed away earlier this week. And um, I'm not ex- I'm not exactly sure the specifics of of what happened or exactly how old he was. I, I remember that name because he's the same age as my little brother. I remember he lived with uh, one of my mentor's sons uh, growing up uh, in college. So regardless, uh, we just want to recognize the passing of college Colin Snodgrass, an assistant coach for the Missoula Sentinel Boys JV soccer team. Uh, he also was very involved in the hockey community here in Missoula. He both played and officiated hockey uh, in the adult league. His passing is a loss for our entire community and our hearts. Go out to the Stodgrass family and the staff and students at Missoula Sentinel. Certainly gone too soon. I mean, I don't. I, like I said, I don't know specifically how old Colin was, but he's. The, I believe he's the same grade as my brother. My brother's only 32, so uh, that's certainly... Uh, far far too young to have your journey stop. So um, thoughts to him and his family. Certainly a, a sad one, a, a tough one to talk about here uh, on Nuanas Now. Let's talk about some happy stuff. How about some high school football? What are some of the best games in the state of Montana? Roger James Seabrook and I will go through them next. Keep it right here at ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Chris Hockey back in town tomorrow. The debut of the third Season of Grizz Hockey, debut for the 2023 season. I think after this year, after after year three, then we'll probably stop naming off the years. Then it's just a program that's great that you guys love, and uh, that's what we'll just spin it as. But they are making their home debut tomorrow, 7.30, University of Utah. Puck drops at 7.30. We'll have all the action right here on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN MT app. If you can't make it down or you just want somewhere to watch the action, Buffalo Wild Wings right across the street from us here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. They'll be streaming all Grizz hockey games on that ESPN MT app all season long. Well, happy Friday. Hope everybody's having a good week. It's a homecoming weekend. Both sides of the Continental Divide, both Montana and Montana State, hoping hosting homecoming weekends. Idaho State in Missoula to take on Montana and uh Portland State in Bozeman to take on Montana State. A ton of 
high school football action, though, coming up tonight. Last weekend was like the is either like the middle of the season or like the beginning of the second half of the season, right? Isn't it crazy? Rajib Seabrook, by the way, joining us here on Nuanas now. Hey, hey. Uh, yeah, last week was weird because we had the AA, like, crosstown heavyweight Friday night fights. Like, across the state, you had Bozeman Gallatin, Big Sky Missoula, Helena, Hel- uh, Capital, uh, Helena High. Like, just these great games right. um, uh, of... of Kind of contenders across the board for sure, and uh, it was it was it was great because anytime I had a an opportune moment to kind of sneak a peek on the phone, sorry Dan Oliver, I know we're not supposed to be doing that during the game, but I got to see what our competition's doing. Uh, what a great night for football! What a great uh, weekend of football that actually set up um, some really important matchups this week uh, going uh, starting tomorrow night. Let's talk about some of the hot tickets around the uh, high school football world. It's our prep extra presented by Farmers State Bank. First of all, at Missoula County Public Stadium, another crosstown matchup. Yes, sir. Hellgate versus Big Sky. Uh, so that'll be an interesting one because Big Sky is two and three, but I think that they they've been in games with some of the best teams in the state. I mean, they lost by a touchdown to Butte, who's third in the state. They lost by uh, two touchdowns to Sentinel, but they were in the game all the way until midway through the fourth quarter. So I think Big Sky is a team that if they can keep improving and they they stack up wins against the teams that they're definitely better than, which unfortunately Hellgate is definitely one of those, then I think they can have some momentum going to the playoffs because they kind of had a front-loaded schedule. So that'll be an interesting one. The, The Knights, I mean... You got to just feel for them. I know what they're doing. They're playing all their young guys on varsity. Yeah, they are. And uh, I think that's the way you got to kind of go about building it. But they still are looking for their first win. Yeah, and, and it's not going to happen this week. I think that Big Sky, like you said, they've just been hanging with the big boys on the block. And to tell you the truth, Big Sky is like that dark horse spoiler team. Like you don't want to see these guys in the first round of the playoffs or late in the year because uh, they could spoil your season trying to get into the playoffs. I think uh, Big Sky is going to have a lot of salt and vinegar in their veins from losing, you know, the last three, the last two games uh, by combined twenty-one points. When you know, when when you average that out, that's not a, that's not a big point margin. Like Big Sky's been there; they're hanging tough, uh, and I think that this week Big Sky comes out on top over um, over Hellgate thirty-five-seven. Couple, couple of the other hot tickets from around uh, Class AA. Good one uh, in Helena. The uh, Glacier Wolfpack travel to Capital. Capital is uh, is is solid. I think a lot of people are wondering what Capital is going to be like after losing a bunch of really really talented players that helped them go undefeated last year. But uh, they've been good. Uh, it was a brawl when they played Sentinel, and uh, they've been really good the last couple weeks. They uh, laid it in, laid into Helena High last blanked week, them. like straight blanked them, thirty five nothing. So and Glacier. They had a, a surprising loss in Butte early, but they've been mm-hmm. uh, unbeaten since then, too. So this is a, a big game uh, from a Western AA perspective. Uh, and then Sparty, Spar- Missoula Sentinel and uh, Butte. What do you think of this one? Butte's been uh, good this year so far, too. Oh, it's 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 the uh, it's the Purple Championship this uh, the Friday night. Butte wears the Royal Purple, as do uh, the Sentinel Spartans. And this game, to me, is the game of the week in AA. Um Due to due to Butte beating Glacier earlier and them having the 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 advantage over them, I feel that if and when we do beat Butte, um, we're kind of back where where we belong and, and strive to be as far as being you know the best team in the West. Um, it's going to be a dogfight, no pun intended, due to who their mascot is. Um, they're they're a dangerous team, but I think that we are kind of hitting the hitting the. Uh, hitting the road running and kind of finally gelling as a team and figuring out who's who and what's what. Um, and I think uh, it's going to be a good game. And hopefully Sparta comes out on top. At the Class A level, a couple fun matchups for you. Fergus County's still rolling. Lewistown hasn't lost, even though they lost a ton from last year's team. I mean, Derek Lear's doing a great job, man. He is one of the great coaches in the state. He coached yes, the Shrine game this last year. Uh, former Montana State Northern standout who's, uh, I mean, he's a young coach, and he's doing a heck of a job there at uh, in Lewistown. They play Billings Central. Billings Central's also one of the top teams in Class A, so that'll be a good test on, uh, on both sides. The other one that's really fun is Dillon versus Corvallis. This has not been a good game for a really long time because Corvallis has been by far the Corvallis and Stevensville have been the the doormats of the Southwestern A, while Hamilton and Dillon and and some of the other uh, and Frenchtown, Frenchtown. Uh, have been really good in that league. Well, now Corvallis off to their best start since 1975. They are five and zero. Dillon has been 
beating people down. Dylan killed Whitefish last week, 45-7. to uh, So that should be uh, a fun one. And then you have another Southwestern A clash, Frenchtown and Hamilton, which should be uh, always a good game. Uh, always a good game for sure. Frenchtown just always is so tough. And uh, Hamilton is just so... Um, well, so well coached. coached. I mean, they just have such a great system in place, and Bryce Carver's just doing a, a great job there uh, at Hamilton High School. At the Class B level, Huntley Project Colstrip is certainly one to have your eyes on. Jefferson versus Columbus will be one that uh, a good game. probably gets some attention. Um, I think Broadwater County and Three Forks, that's uh, Townsend and Three Forks, would be good. Florence, the top-ranked team in Class B, they are also continuing to roll. We have two different state champions that are defending state champions that are still undefeated this year. That's um, Lewistown at the Class A level and Florence at the Class B level. Uh, they're playing a downtrodden Anaconda team. Anaconda is just really, really struggling. It's it's actually sort of bizarre to me that Anaconda has like great sports and they are just not. They can't figure it out in football. But I don't know. That's a that's probably a conversation for a different day. And then uh, you got Loyola Sacred Heart taking on Whitehall. Loyola coming off of their first loss of the year last year. Lost this uh, last week. Excuse me. They lost a really good Eureka team. Mm-hmm. Whitehall's solid. Um, they were they've been in and out of the top ten in Class B. Uh, but Loyola losing last week as a top four team, a uh, big bounce back opportunity for the Rams. Yeah, the Rams will not let homecoming be spoiled this week by uh, the visiting. Is it the Whitehall Trojans? That's right. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I'm on, on with the Trojans. Um, I think this is a good game for Loyola to re-engage after getting uh, beat up last week. I think that Loyola is always sneakily good, um, always one of the contenders is, uh, coming out of District 6B. Um but white, like you said, Whitehall has kind of been in and out, peaks and valleys. Um, I think it should be a fair matchup, and uh, hopefully the Rams wearing red, white, and blue come out on top. Brett Bexer presented by Farmers State Bank. Farmers State Bank been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming at you. We got Carol and the Chicken Does No Sports. We got the Garden City Spotlight featuring all three head coaches from across Class AA football and. Uh, We'll fill in the blanks on the upcoming Big Sky Conference slate as well. For Rajim Seabrook, I'm Coulter Nuanez. Raj is out for this here episode, but I'll be with you for the whole second hour. We'll be right back. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.